What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Closet Pocket Podcast. Host here, Tana Dimling. Getting into the second podcast in a row here pertaining to NLL Free Agency. Day two of Free Agency period has just about wrapped up. A lot of signings today. Probably more signings today. Yeah, more signings today than yesterday. And uh, a pretty big one today as well. A couple, a couple uh, good size uh, ones today in terms of signings and re-signings, um, and a big, big move uh, made by a very well-respected veteran, a uh, future Hall of Famer. Uh, if it no, if I must say so. I mean, the press release even said it. Um, big move, big, big move, and, and I'm actually going to get to that one last. Uh, then also some other news uh, that we need to talk about pertaining to the NLL, uh, but let's get into these signings first. So first off here, uh, starting with the New York Riptide, uh, they were busy again today. As they signed, um, I believe, 11 players today. Now, <clears throat> now, I don't really, I don't know, you know, if a, a lot of these guys, I don't know if we're going to see actually play for the Riptide this season. We may see them suit up once or twice. Um... But we'll uh, we'll see. You know, a couple guys that have been working on their uh, box games, some field guys that we saw New York sign, and then a uh, a, a big signing um, from one of their expansion draftees as well. So we'll get into things here. So uh, they signed two newcomers, or ten newcomers, and that would be uh, forward Ryan Brown. Transition player Connor Busick, forward Jake Ficaro, forward Dan Lomas, and forward Nick Mariano. Now, Lomas is the only one. Uh, Busick is playing for Team USA at the World Indoor Championships. He's been named to their 23-man roster. Dan Lomas is the only one that has uh, any NLL experience among these um these 10 free agents here. And also, you saw Jake Pulver, Cody Razowitz, Kai Tarble, and Tal Bruno, defensemen, have all um, signed as well. Um, but those five I mentioned at the beginning are the most notable ones. Um, in the bunch, uh, Ryan Brown, uh, obviously, uh, in the field game, known as probably the best shooter in the world, um, plays for Atlas in the PLL, a Johns Hopkins product. Uh, you've Connor Busick, who's actually an assistant coach at Cornell now, where he played, uh, was an All-American there, uh, plays in the PLL. For Atlas as well, you have Jake Ficaro, um, 
played at Princeton and Villanova during his college days, plays for Chaos in the PLL. Uh, and actually, I, th- I think you know, playing with a, you know, Chaos has a lot of guys that, you know, Miles Thompson, Connor Fields, um, a, a lot of guys that have played that box that box style game, Josh Bone, um, just to name a few. You have a lot of Canadians, a lot of box players on that team. Uh, so for Carlo playing in that kind of, not not necessarily that kind of system, but playing with those those kinds of players, uh, I, I I could potentially see him maybe uh, having a little bit of a heads up on these uh, a couple of these guys. Uh, Busick was named to the uh, USA indoor team for the World Championships, uh, which head head coach uh, New York head coach and general manager. Reggie Thorpe will be the head coach of. Uh, Nick Mariano plays for the Chesapeake Bayhawks. Um, he played; he was a practice player for the Black Wolves last season, uh, but that's really the only NLL experience. I don't know if he has any other box experience um, or not. <clears throat> um, Tal Bruno. A defenseman, I, I don't know if he has any box experience. Uh, Jake Pulver, defenseman out of Cornell, uh, played there in college. I believe he plays for the Dallas Rattlers in the MLL at the moment. Uh, Kai Tarbell, a forward, played at Albany. Um, I, can't, I can't think if he plays anywhere in the pros at the moment. Um, Cody Razowitz uh, played for the Dallas Rattlers uh, college played at Johns Hopkins. Uh, he, he's actually a guy that, you know, again, I don't know, a lot of these American guys, I don't know how much box experience they have, but he's a guy that his kind of, his style of play in the field game, um, is, you know, similar to what you saw from when uh, Tom Schreiber and Kieran McArdle came over, uh, you know, he's a guy that has that kind of skill set that would be able to translate very well um, to the box game. Uh, but of these 10 guys that they announced here, uh, Dan Lomas, the only one with any NLL playing experience, um, he's played 19 games for the past three seasons, 17 goals, 25 uh, assist in his NLL career so far. Last season, who did he play for last season? I'm trying to find that real quick. Okay, he played for Rochester last season. That's what I thought. Uh, he played for Rochester last season, staying in the New York area, uh, in New York State, I should say. Um, the Riptide, the biggest signing of the day was uh, John Luke Chetner, the uh, coming into his second year of the league um, after being drafted by Vancouver last season. The British Columbia native, um, I you know I, I really like this uh, this one here, and I liked it when they picked him in the expansion draft. He is an expansion draft pick for the Riptide. Um, you know he's a young he's a young guy. Um, he's a lefty forward. Um, he had played in 11 games last season for Vancouver. 
and you know he, he you know only played in eleven games as a rookie, um, and that team wasn't very successful as we know. But he did some things that you know you could see him potentially uh, developing in this offense. And when you have guys by your side like Kenny McCardle, um, and you have a coach like Reggie Thorpe, um, I really think this uh, Chetna can be something big in this league, especially under that leadership and uh, with players like that by his side. He had 16 points, 5 goals, 11 assists, and 11 appearances, as I said previously, um, last season with Vancouver. Another team that uh, stayed pretty busy on day two of free agency was the Vancouver Warriors. Um, they signed five guys today. Uh, defensive transition player uh, Brent Adams. Defenseman Bob Snyder. Forward uh, Lyndon uh, Bunio. Please how you pronounce that. Um, and they re-signed forward Joe McCready and goaltender Aaron Bold. Obviously McCready and Bold. The two biggest signings today for Vancouver. Um, Brent Adams, he, you know, played the past two seasons with the Colorado Mammoth. You know, he, he's a, uh, he's a speedy guy, um, obviously, and he's been playing this summer in the PLL with Redwoods. I've really been impressed kind of what I've seen from him in in that respect, um, and also what I saw you know, out of him last year and over the past few seasons with with Colorado. Um, so he's coming in. And you have uh, Bunio coming in. Um, he play, uh, played for, uh, has played for the New Westminster Sam and Bellies. Um, over the past two seasons, uh, said 36 points. Um, he had 36 points in the regular season this year. Then in the playoffs, now in the WLA. Um, then you have Snyder, uh, no, B- uh, Bunio Snyder, both guys uh, from Calgary. Um, you know, and when, when you look at Snyder, you're adding a a face-off specialist um, in there with him, um, a guy that can take face-offs, and they needed it because uh, they did not really do the best job last season in terms of face-offs, and that was a big part of why you know they weren't they weren't very successful um, because you saw them struggle. At the face of that, and while face offs aren't everything in box lacrosse, um, it's still, you know, it's always good to get those extra few possessions a game. And we, you know, like a team like, and you can argue how important they are. Trevor Baptiste, I believe, led the league in face off percentage this past season, but yet Philadelphia wasn't very good. Um, I think that was more on the defense than the offense personally, uh, but you, you can always argue the importance of them 
uh, in the box game versus the field game. And we I think we all know they're more important in the field game, but still good pickup there for Vancouver to get a face-off guy. Um, 62% overall in his career. Um, you have Aaron Bold, obviously re-signing. And, you know, he was a big signee, signee last year coming over from New England. He didn't have the best year this past season. Like, and I think everyone knows it. Uh, and, I, I, and, like, I think there was a little bit of an off-the-field aspect to it as well. Um, if you if you know, um, his uh, wife was diagnosed uh, terminal cancer. Um, so and you know you, you have that going on at the same time when, um, and, and your team's not playing the best ball that you can, and and to have that, I really think this a lot took a toll on him. Um, you know, just personally, that's kind of what I what I think and what I've also seen others say as well you know I don't know if that was um I don't know how much that affected him but his play on the floor night tonight but I can say this like he he came in and every single day put it put on a show for the fans for his team um even when he kind of got pulled there kind of mid-season I believe and they started Eric Penny got got a got some really good looks um, as a starter, and it was kind of flip-flopping back and forth um, between Penny and Bold for a while there. Um, I believe Penny did finish the season as the like, primary starter. Uh, Bold was still able to get uh, playing time as well, and it is, is still a fantastic goalie, um, a, 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 a leader, a very seasoned veteran in this league, uh, and you know, obviously, all, all all the best to him. I think this next season uh, should continue his success. And when you look at when he was playing on top of his game this year, he was having success and uh, doing what he does best. And you know, Vancouver has uh, two brick walls in that goalie room with Aaron Bold and Eric Penny. Both um, can put on a show. Night in, night out. Uh, really good to get Aaron Bold back on this Vancouver team. You have uh, Joel McCready. You know, he was out uh, after five games with that injury. I believe it was a, a knee injury. Um, either a knee injury or ankle in- injury, if I uh, if I remember correctly. Um, but. No, that really hurt them. I think when you saw him kind of go down and, and go out, um, it those first few weeks without him looked a little different because they didn't have that other option. Now, it allowed, I think it allowed a guy like Keegan Ball to step up a lot and for his game to flourish, which he was already flourishing before, but it allowed him, a guy like him that's coming in the, you know, trying to make a name for himself in this league to step up even more. Um, and, you know, in, in the quote here, I'll read you the quote that uh, from Dan Richardson. It says, uh, about McCready, it matches his tenacity on the floor and it's contagious uh, when talking about his, uh, his work ethic and everything like that. Um, he, uh, obviously a big member of this team, 
going to be uh, good to see him back on the floor. Uh, I believe he should be back for the start of the season. Now, another big, uh, you know, Philadelphia only made one signing today. That was adding defenseman Ian Lord. Uh, he'd played in Rochester before, for I think the past three seasons, I believe, before being traded. Uh, he was part of one of those, you know, Rochester kind of emptied the cupboards there at the uh, trade deadline, if you will, this past season. He was in one of those trades, I believe the Coivitarelli one, uh, which sent him to Colorado. And Vitarelli to um, Rochester. So Ian Lord finished his season last year in Colorado, uh, helping to lead them to a playoff appearance, uh, upsetting Saskatchewan in the first round, uh, uh, ultimately losing to Calgary in the Western Division Finals. Uh, but Ian Ward, a good pickup for that uh, Philadelphia team, and their defense uh, needed it. They need a guy like him that can be a physical presence, can be a veteran leader uh, on that end of the floor. They didn't really have that, and we knew they were a young team last year. Um, they have they you know they have the goaltending now. They have Zach Higgins, um, who they traded for a few weeks ago. So you have is. I believe it was last week they traded for him, um, for Zach Higgins. Uh, so you have that, and now you have Ian Lord coming in to be that leader, that voice out in front of the cage. The Philadelphia defense last year, you know, I I, I thought was one of it was one of the worst in the league. And this offseason, you've seen them. Uh, t- take matters into their own hands and try to build this defense um, how they want it to be built. And, you know, they have the right pieces in place there. It was a little young last year, which hurt them, but uh, you have some veterans, especially Ian Lord, uh, on this this defensive line now in Philadelphia can really, really give them a boost on that end of the floor come this season. And i also point out, uh, he is a Peterborough guy, so uh, Philadelphia, Paul Day signing a Peterborough guy. Uh, who would have thunk it, right? Now moving on to the San Diego Seals here. They signed three guys today, uh, three guys that may or may not crack the roster. Uh, Mikey Slosher, a transition player, played, I believe, one game last season for them. Mark Gorsini. Um, the Yale grad defenseman, uh, he played, uh, he pl- he was with them in training camp, uh, got cut, did not play uh, with them last season. He may have been on the uh, practice roster, uh, maybe. I know he was at training camp, though, with the Seals last year. Uh, then they also signed uh, a defenseman, Dylan Riley, who played Two games with the Nighthawks last season had one ball, and uh, excuse me, one point and chased down three loose balls. Um, picked in the fifth round of the 2018 draft, a Davenport University graduate. The New England Black Wolves signed a big piece of their defense, or I should say, re-signed 
a big piece of the defense in Greg Dowling. Uh, the veteran defenseman has been a big part of uh, this defense in New England had chased down 118 loose balls, 26 caused turnovers last season, had 6 points, 5 assists, 1 goal uh, to add to that. Started his career in Boston in 2009, played in Minnesota, Colorado, uh, came over to New England last season, so last year was his first year in New England. Uh, big, big part of this New England defense. Um, a struggling defense for points last season. A uh, veteran there like Greg Downing certainly helps uh, as a glue guy, but also from a production standpoint, uh, was the uh, one of the top two defensemen uh, last season. If not, they're number one. So, they're happy to have him back. Now, moving on here and looking at the biggest news of the day in terms of free agency signings, the Toronto Rock signed the biggest free agent this offseason. It's one of the biggest free agent signings this offseason thus far. Um, and that is Dan Dawson, I should say, the ageless Dan Dawson, veteran forward, who really had a, I don't want to say a breakout season, but more so of a comeback season last year with, uh, a bounce back season last year with the San Diego Seals. Dawson helped the Seals, uh, clinch a playoff spot in their first ever season, uh, inaugural season. Dawson finished with, uh, finished last year with 88 points, 29 goals, 59 assists. Really great season for him after two seasons that weren't so great um, prior to that. Uh, Dan Dawson coming to Rochester, you know, coming to Toronto. Um, Toronto has lost a couple of forwards over the past few seasons there um, with the expansion draft. So you put Dan Dawson in there, and along with a guy like Tom Schreiber, uh, Adam Jones, Rob Hellyer, and, and some other guys in, on that offense. And, and this is a dangerous Toronto team. And, they were already dangerous, and Dan Dawson just adds to that. And if if I'm a team in the East, I do not want to face Toronto this year. Um, if I'm a defense in the East, this is a team that is going to um, be very, very good. They were going to be good already. And then you add Dawson in there and just... What a career he's had. 18-year veteran. Seemingly ageless. Um, currently sitting second in all times in all time games played with 287. Fifth in goals with 509. And third in assist with 887. 
Now, he had a few down years there, but he's seemingly uh, popped off again in the league, in this league and has uh, been phenomenal uh, last, last year. And, uh, you know, after watching what he did last year, I, I fully can expect him, especially with a lot of guys um, there in Toronto, some other options to maybe carry the weight as well. Um, certainly expect him to continue this upward trend of success and just putting up numbers um, should be a great year for Dawson and Toronto. Um, I know Toronto Rock fans are very, very excited for this Signing, and as I said, the biggest signing this offseason, maybe the biggest signing this offseason overall, but certainly thus far. Now, before we uh, get going here, you know, and this was reported a while back, I'll, I'll link the article to it, um... Down in the uh, show notes. Uh, But if you remember, it was back in the spring. The Philadelphia Wings uh, sent a letter to their... So in their letter to uh, season ticket holders to renew their season tickets, it was mentioned how the league was going to move to three divisions. Well, the league denied that, basically. And basically, so there's no plans at the moment. Currently, uh, the, two vision, the two divisions will stay as they are for the next season. Um, Jake Elliott, who uh, is the host of the Lacrosse Classified podcast on uh, Lacrosse All-Stars, as, uh, with uh, Evan Schemenauer on there as well. And then Jake Elliott also... Uh, does a lot of play-by-play, play-by-play, play-by-play guy, I believe, play-by-play guy for uh, Saskatchewan. I know he started as the on-floor reporter there this season. Um, I think they put him up in the booth by the end of the year. Uh, but analyst there for Saskatchewan um, called the Minto Cup last year. All-around great uh, lacrosse guy. He reported today that the league will be moving to three divisions. In his tweet, I'll I'll quote what he said on Twitter right here. He says, nothing official yet, but hearing the NLL will go to a three-division setup next season. I would also expect an increase in games played, but that speculation on my part and announcement should come later this month. Now, the three divisions that I can see is kind of a West, a uh, an Atlantic, and a Northeast, if, if you want to call it that. The West, obviously, you'd see Vancouver, San Diego, Colorado, Calgary, Saskatchewan. I don't think there's any uh, discrepancy between who would be in the West. Uh, the Northeast, you know, based on what, you know, kind of I would, I would think they would do, it'd probably be something like 
Toronto, Rochester, Buffalo, and Halifax. Um, you might be able to flip um, one of those teams for a Philadelphia or a New York or a New England. Uh, but if they have like an Atlantic, or I don't know what you want to call it, um, you'd have Philadelphia, New York, New England, and Georgia. Uh, that obviously makes that one the smaller divisional alignment. But as mentioned in the past, uh, the league's going to have to expand more. And obviously this is kind of the second wave here with Halifax. Well, Halifax isn't a, an expansion team, but you know Halifax getting a team uh, Rochester expans- expansion and New York expansion. There's going to have to be more expansion out west. And from you know, what I've heard of and what we've heard over the past year or so now, Edmonton, San Francisco, probably the two uh, most, no, probably the two places that are most bound to get an NLL team. There's also been reports of Las Vegas, potentially uh, MGM Grand. There was a report that they sent in an application for an expansion franchise. Uh, Also, Houston and Dallas would be prime locations as well. I know Dallas kind of fell through a few years ago, but another try wouldn't hurt per se. Especially if you got the Dallas Cowboys involved. I do know Jerry Jones. His grandkids, one grandson I know played lacrosse in high school. I think his other grand, some of his other grandkids do as well. So if you can get that on there. Um, the only problem there was they, they do own the Dallas Rattlers of the MLL. So I don't know if it would be a thing where they chose that the MLL over the NLL. You know, based on what the what the MLL was at the time when they bought that team, and the struggles they had had up to that point, I couldn't imagine that they would do that. Jerry Jones, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, a you know a professional organization, would do that based on business decision, based on how the leagues will run. But you know, you never know, uh, and that's not a smack. A slap at the MLL uh, by any means. They're much, much better than they were. But Dallas may be a little bit more of a stretch now. But I would love to see a franchise in Texas, another one in California, maybe Nevada, some, somewhere, Utah, potentially Ed- Edmonton for sure. I would love to see a team back there. Plenty of places that the NLL could expand out west, and hopefully they do soon. So with that said, that is it for the podcast today. As always, lacrossebucket.com, where it's always lacrosse season. You can find me on social media at Tanner underscore Dimling. The main account at lacrossebucket on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And again, lacrossebucket.com, where it's always lacrosse season. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast.